Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Disney Vault Talk. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm listening too. From magical movies, all it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride our bike around the I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather! Now you can fly! Ohana means family. Just a sec! Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Vault Talk. It is the most magical podcast on the internet, the most magical podcast in the Goliverse. That's the Geek Out Loud universe of podcasts. My name is Steve Glosson, and on this episode, as we are back, we're talking about some of Disney's most beloved characters. And uh, I know one of our other, our co-host's most beloved characters, and speaking of said co-host... This is not a show I can do by myself. Of course I can't do this by myself. I don't have the Disney knowledge, the Disney know-how. I don't have the heart and soul. So we got to bring in the heart and soul, ladies and gentlemen, of Disney Vault Talk. Oh, you know her. She's the lovely, the talented, the powerful. Teresa Delgado. Chevrolet, my mama told me right from wrong. I was born in the South, sometimes I have a big mouth When I see something that I don't like, I gotta say it What's up, Teresa? Hello, Teresa Car <laughs> Oh, I wish I knew the lyrics to this song I would sing along with it right now I do, but, you know, I don't, can't necessarily sing Oh, okay Well, here we go Sing in the car Here we go Slow down, you're gonna crash Baby, you're a screaming, it's a blast, blast, blast Look at your doctor's old Body's looking for a way to get real gone Real gone That's fine There's a new cat in town, he's got high-paid friends I think he's gonna change history. You think you know him so well. All right, I'm gonna lose my voice before we get going. <laughs> it's funny because you're losing your voice to a Sheryl Crow song. I gotta tell you, 
You're gonna crash. Baby, you're a screamer. It's a blast, blast, blast. Yeah. There we go. We got to take it to the 90s. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to if you're gonna lose your voice to a Sheryl Crow song, though, that's the one to do it to. Oh, I mean, God. what are you going to do? You're going to lose your voice? To, all I want to do is have some fun? No. I got a feeling mm-hmm. I'm not the only one? Nope. Mm-mm. So, sing-along version of DVT. It's got to happen. We're told in the chat. You can listen to us live when we go live in the chat by going to mixer.com slash goldverse. We invite you to do so. Hey, mm-hmm. um, speaking of karaoke, we've decided that um, at GoldCon, whenever that happens, that... In Austin, Texas. Okay. Okay. Um, that we are going to cap off, if it's a one-night thing, if it's a two-night thing, either way, eat or two-day thing, I should say one-day, two-day thing, Either way, each night is going to be capped off with a karaoke party. It's going to be sponsored by Rock Out Loud, but I think Disney Vault Talk should slip in there with some. Yeah, we should have like a whole Disney section. Oh, man. Speaking of Rock Out Loud. Yeah. Kristen and I are very excited to finally converge. I'm I'm excited for the convergence that's going to be taking place on Geek Out Loud soon as uh, I have you and Kristen on to discuss Wonder Woman. Kristen cried. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. At Wonder Woman. I didn't, I didn't cry, per mm-hmm. se. I laughed real loud, though. Yes. A lot. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Not Disney, though. Not Disney at all. Not even Marvel mm-hmm. to kind of have that Disney mm-hmm. connection. Like, nope, it is not even a It is the direct competition. Or, as they used to say in I the mean, comics. I mean, I don't know if you could say that. Well, no, that's what they used to do in the comics when you'd read, like, the little... Uh, news section, you know, or Stan's soapbox that he called it, where he kind of gave a blurb to the fans about what was going on behind the scenes at Marvel. Uh, they would always refer to them as their distinct competition, DC. Mm. So it, there's always been a fun little. That's the thing. And see, okay, there is going to be an episode of Geek Out Loud coming before your episode with Kristen and I talking Wonder Woman. Um, and 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 I'm going to have to get on a soapbox about the whole geekdom thing because used to it was rivalries were fun dc marvel was fun you know like your marvel kid your dc kid and you kind of go back and forth and it was fun are they not fun anymore people are making it hard to have fun with these things anymore they take uh, us geeks take are, are taking everything so seriously these days mm. well i did curse sarah and trisha the other day you well yeah, like, on our latest episode of Fangirls Going Rogue, they asked me what my favorite Star Trek movie was, and I said, mm. a plague on both your houses. <laughs> the correct answer for future reference, Therese, even though you've never seen it, is Star Trek IV. Okay, the, all right, good to know. The Whale Movie. The Whale Movie. I, I will log that in my brain as Tr- the appropriate response to Teresa, that now we have already gone off the rails. Well, so far. And and since welcome back, everyone. Since we're there, uh, I just want to mention to you a fun fact about whales. Ooh! Did you yeah. know that the blue whales? Did you know that the blue whale's tongue weighs as much as an elephant? Well, that I would think that would be accurate since the blue whale is so big. Yes. So that is why they don't talk because you can't move a tongue that weighs as much as an elephant. <laughs> They, I mean, wait, 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 wait. okay. Talk Take about us back to Disney. Talk about a speech impediment. Disney whales, they yeah. don't talk. Mm-mm. Except the singing one that died. Oh, that's right. The, he sang, but now if you had a blue whale try to communicate with you, it may sound something like this. Oh dear God. Well, hey, Talitha, I understand you're really excited about Cause Three coming out next week. 
That just sounds like Bobby Boucher. Well, I'm Bobby the Blue Whale. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's who I am. No. Sometimes I help Steve out on the big honky show. Oh, gosh, you're so strange. We have a good time. <laughs> what? It's a fun time going on the big honky show. We talk about real life superheroes and all kinds of things. Rocking, rocking. Uh oh, not <laughs> right out of the gate, huh? Down to the beach, I'm strolling. Oh, there you go, David. Why he? Why he? <laughs> David, you need to, next time you email us, you need to give a pronunciation of your last name. So mm-hmm. I can say it right. Because cool. cause I'll be reading your name like Swinimer. I don't understand his last name. Swinimer. Swinimer. You know what? That's the one drop I didn't pull up, and I should have had it ready to rock and roll. Swinimer? No. Oh. The the seagull song. <laughs> seagull song. Um, I, I, I do... just had to do it. I mean, we haven't done we haven't had a show in two months. Yeah. You know? I want to play a clip for you if I can pull it up real quick, Teresa, since we're just kind of catching up a little bit here. And I want to, again, we're off the rails. Um, This is from several, several, several years ago. Um, Back before we were friends? Oh, yeah, back before you even knew who I was. Uh, This is from a horse race. And this is a horse that's winning. Um, Does it talk or something? Well, no, the only talking animal there is me. I'm Bobby the Blue Whale. Um... Just listen to the name. You know how they name horses weird things? You know, like cutting grass on a Saturday is coming around the bend, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, just uh, here's a couple of clips of a horse that won this particular race many years ago. Extreme outside. Colorado Coed. Toast a dozen on the inside. Questers Jet. Who farted? Who farted on the outside? It's close. Who farted in the winner's circle? Now there's a question best left unanswered. As we say. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Colorado Coed, toast a dozen on the inside. Questers Jet, who farted? Who farted on the outside? It's close. Who farted in the winner's circle? Now there's. <laughs> that is so weird. The dog's name is Hoof Hearted. <laughs> Hoof Hearted. That's a real thing that really happened. Wow. Yeah. That, that recently came across the desk. That's interesting. So, um, so, have you seen Pirates yet? Just to get oh, around to Disney? Oh my gosh, yes I have. Okay, so, I have been chastised. You know what, maybe this goes back to your whole thing about geek culture. Mm-hmm. I got chastised by Ooh. people on social media because I said I was going to go see Pirates, and I wasn't sure when I was going to see Wonder Woman. And people were like, what? Why aren't you going to see Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. And let me just say... I'm going to see my pirate hot guys first. And it came out before Wonder Woman, so I was seeing stuff in order. That's fine. Well, you know, that's the thing, is like there's this expectation that we all love this, and so you should love this and want and be as excited about it as we are. Yeah, and I, I am excited about Wonder Woman, and it was good, and we're going to talk about it on Geek Out Loud. But I had to see pirates first. Were you glad and that you saw pirates? Yes. And in fact... I have it in the show notes for one of Teresa's one-minute reviews. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to there in a minute then. Well, we can do it now since we're talking about it. Okay. Well, uh, you have to time me though. 
Okay, hold on. Let me pull up the uh, timer here on the old phone. And I'm also going to say um, minimum, sort of spoilers, sort of. Oh, okay. Well, here we okay. go. Are you ready? Yes. And go. So, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales was really, really good. Not the best of all the pirate movies, because that goes back to Curse of the Black Pearl, but it was far better than probably four, even though I loved four. And what I really liked about this one is it sort of brought us back to the main story that involves the, you know, like Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan stuff. We get to see Will Turner return, which is awesome and we got to see him in a couple of different ways there's some really cool twists to the movie and we get to see elizabeth swan again which was awesome and i really like the new girl in the movie and the new guy's okay and i'm also curious if they're gonna make another one but i think johnny depp is done how much time do i have left? 10 seconds 10 seconds uh i really you should everybody should go see it five seconds <laughs> it's really good I like the costume. All right, that's it. And uh, I didn't. I had a sound effect that did not get played there. Oh, that's the wrong sound effect. That's the wrong sound effect. There we go. That'll do. It was good. That'll do. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't gone to see it, go see it. All right. Yeah. Especially if you like the part. Where do you have your minute? I don't see a minute. One minute review, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, there it is. Okay. I see it now. I shall highlight it for you. Um, did you pink. no you haven't you haven't seen the Guardians of the Galaxy two yet, have you? Yeah, I saw that opening okay. weekend. Yeah. How'd you like yeah. it? That was okay. That was the movie that caused the whole rewatching of all the Marvel films for Grit. That's correct. Yeah. So our listeners don't know about this. So let me tell you a story. Everybody sit back and relax. Sit right back and Teresa will tell you a tale. I shall tell you a tale. So my husband, whose name is Greg, as most of you know that listen to this particular show, he has never been a big fan of superhero films. I know. Crazy, right? And when he and I got together about almost six years ago, uh, almost at the end of this month, actually, he started going to see superhero films with me. And the first one we saw together was the first Captain America mm. in 2011. And he's seen almost every single one of them since, but he doesn't really have, like, or didn't, really, I should say past it, didn't really have a great appreciation for them, still wasn't really into them. He really can't stand X-Men movies. Okay. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So... You know, he'll go and see them with me, but he's never been super excited about it. So then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming up, and it had been, like, pulling teeth to get him to watch the first Guardians without falling asleep. And I finally got him to watch the whole thing, and right after it, I started explaining to him sort of the threads of the stones and stuff like right. that. The threads of the stones. The threads of the stones and tying stuff together. And he said to me, okay. What would it take to go back through so I can see all of these? Because he hadn't seen any of them prior to the first Captain America. Okay, nothing but time. Nothing. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, we'd have to watch them all. And I know I have some of them, but, you know, let's go see Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we went and saw that. 
And then the same night when we saw that movie, I called Steve. And I said, Steve, I need your help. And I said, yes, Teresa, what can I do for you? And Steve has helped me be able to watch all of the Marvel movies in order from the very beginning with Greg. And now he, like, actually really likes them. Well, they're really good movies. Yeah, I just think it took that whole him opening his mind mm -hmm. to it. And so he he really has enjoyed them, and I'm glad. And we the only one we have not watched, well, we haven't watched The Incredible Hulk because you didn't have that. And then <laughs> the other one is Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. So we still have to watch Doctor Strange, but other than that, he's really enjoyed them, and I think he's having a good time. Well, I hate that you haven't watched The Incredible Hulk because I, as an Incredible Hulk fan, really like it. Well, it's not that I don't want to watch it. I understand. And Liv Tyler is in it, and i got to tell you something. Liv Tyler, hello, Liv. <laughs> So our is good this, friend, our is good, this pre or after Armageddon? Oh, after, well okay. after, yeah. Um. So Andy, let me Google that for you. Lindemann has been at the Magic Kingdom most of the day. He Ooh. says he was at Ep Epcot yeah. yesterday in Hollywood Studios tomorrow. Well, good job being there like three weeks before I'm going to get there. Well done, Andy. I got to give you one suggestion if you are, are shutting the park down at Hollywood Studios tomorrow as you kind of get near the end of the day, and especially if you happen to have some rain come up and people kind of clear out. Don't be afraid to get on that Star Tours and and make the loop, son. You you get on, you walk out of the old Tatooine Traders, you go around the corner, you get right back on. Right, I think we rode it last time I was there six times in a row. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, speaking of, it's kind of, there's good segues tonight. Oh. Um, speaking of the fact that he's at Disney, I am going to be at Disney at the very end of this month for our five year wedding anniversary. What? Greg and I will Two. be there. Happy anniversary, baby! I got you on my mind. <laughs> and. I want to talk a little bit about Happily Ever After, the fireworks that are the new fireworks at Magic Kingdom. Does this fall under Disney Watch? Oh. Um, oh, all of this stuff has. Well, then we better bring it in <laughs> properly. Hey, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch yourself. Pause, who goes there? Watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch up, my boy. Disney Watch. All right, so now that we are officially in Disney Watch, so Happily Ever After Fireworks have debuted. They are the brand-new fireworks show that replaced my beloved, beloved Wishes Fireworks, and I have watched them on live streams multiple times and on YouTube. I just couldn't not watch it because I was so devastated that wishes was gone and so greg and i have watched it and the first time i watched it it made me cry five times five so, five times five times five times distinct separate times so i am so excited to see these in person like really excited really 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 excited five times i cried five times five times five times so overall, I just wanted to say my first impressions just from watching it even on YouTube and stuff is that I think it's really, really good and Disney's knocking it out of the park. Ha ha. 
No pun intended. Well, good for Disney. Yeah. And then speaking of park news, Pandora is officially open at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is the Avatar Land. And Greg and I have fast passes and everything all set up to go. And we are like mentally preparing ourselves for insane crowds over there. But I said, I told Greg, I was like, if, but it's going to be crazy. And he goes, then we will just walk slow, relax, and just enjoy it. Take in the sights. <laughs> like, yeah, and just enjoy the people watching of everybody that's mad because it's taking them forever to be in line. But you know, <laughs> I've seen I've seen some uh, video of of it from that people have posted here in the yawn. And mm-hmm. um, look, it looks cool. It looks like Avatar Land. I just I got to tell you, uh, it just doesn't fire me up. I think this is one of those things like you have to be in it, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to actually be in the environment to really fully understand it. And I'll, when I once we get back, I'll be able to give you a full a full recap, okay. if you will. But I really do because I feel kind of the same way looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's really pretty. It's all this stuff. But I think the wow factor is going to come in when I'm actually there. Well, one of the wow factors that I saw was in um, on this ride the person was going into, there was like a Navi there, like a, you know, one of the blue people, one of the blue cat people. Mm-hmm. And it's animatronics like I've never seen anything done before. It looked really, really like it I looked think like... that might be the shaman in the Navi River Journey. Right. There's no jerkiness to the motion. There's no, um, you know how how sometimes with these animatronics, there's definitely like some some jerkiness when they stop and turn the other <laughs> way. That kind of thing. None of that is present. And it, I was like, well, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I really can't wait to see it. Just because I know Disney has really been trying and plus this is going to be sort of our first preview as to what we can expect but maybe even better mm-hmm. in star wars land i i think i, I mean i imagine even better mm-hmm. just because it's star wars land and everything that's come out about what star wars land is going to be from you know from celebration and all some of the stuff they were saying is just it sounds really cool like right down to josh licht had called in it from on in the not at celebration coverage and said that one of the things they mentioned is like you go into Star Wars land and you basically with your magic band I guess you know you go on you go on like the Millennium Falcon ride or whatever where you're piloting whatever ship it is and it tracks how you did and so people then begin to interact with you cast members begin to interact with you based on your performance as a pilot yep yeah that's crazy it's so cool. So, and that actually leads into the next thing. Today, as we speak, earlier this morning, it, a logo was released for D23 for the Star Wars Land Theme Pavilion oh, that wow. they're going to have at D23 Expo this summer. I didn't see that. It's Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, A Galaxy of Stories, and it's a very cool, like, just sort of Star Wars, very Star Wars city setup kind of with like a Millennium Falcon flying over it. 
And here's what we know is that D23 is coming this summer. It's uh, in July. And guests of the D23 Expo can catch a glimpse of the locations, starships, creatures, and droids that will populate this remote village on the outer rim. So we're talking about actually in the parks. They're going to get a glimpse of the locations, starships, creatures, and droids that will be there. And experience the world premiere of a detailed model showcasing the immersive 14-acre lands coming to the Disney parks in 2019. There will be plenty of artwork and media on display to show guests the creative process bringing the Star Wars galaxy to life. On Saturday of the D23 Expo, which is July 15th, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Chairman Bob Chapek will also take the stage for a special Hall D23 presentation on what's new and what's next for resorts around the globe. So there are a bunch of panels, but on Saturday, July 15th, is the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts panel. And that kind of leads into some things that we can see at D23. So, but first, I want, what is your reaction to this like whole model thing? And them getting to interact with all this stuff. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's like, I, I guess I'm going to have to move to Orlando. Just, <laughs> and, and get a and get a year-long pass just so I can always be there. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's really exciting. And, and, and I know that they're, you know, that we'd, we'd heard the story of what they came back with initially was scrapped because it just wasn't enough. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't enough. And, and they're comparing it to they're wanting to compete with something like what Universal has with you know the the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and and I'm all for that. I'm like yes, when I step through whatever archway or whatever you know border there is to to transport me from where I've been in Hollywood Studios actually into the Star Wars land portion of things, I want to feel like I've gone to a galaxy far far away. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree because I've I've experienced the transportation into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter before, yes. and yep. I'm expecting that from Star Wars. Yeah, big time. So that's exciting stuff. You know, it, it's really cool. Uh, the the little logo they've they've put out for it, the uh, is really kind of neat. It's it's very. Uh, I'd like to see some color. You know, but well, I think that's just the logo for the pavilion at D23. Right. Well, everything's minimalist so. these days. Yes. Okay, so speaking of D23, it's in Anaheim, California, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. So Are we going to have any boots on the ground from Disney Vault Talk there? I don't know. I was going to put that out. If there's anybody that is in the L.A. area that's going, we would love to have you being our kind of correspondent for us. That would be really awesome. I know Sarah and Richard Woloski will be there, so I might be able to convince them to kind of come on and talk about some stuff with us. Do a little nod so, at D23 coverage? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. So on the show floor, Pixar and Walt Disney Studios will join forces for a must-see animation experience. There's going to be artist demonstrations, autograph signings with top filmmakers, fan giveaways. There's going to be interactive displays from Cars 3, Coco, the new Pixar film, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, and Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is Wreck-It Ralph Mm. 2. So there's going to be some stuff like that. But here's some of the stuff that's like the big not-to-miss stuff. On Friday is the Pixar and Walt Disney Animation Studios, the upcoming films, hosted by John Laster. That is always an amazing panel. And I'm wondering if they're going to live stream any of this stuff, and I'm like, fingers crossed. <laughs> like, 
please live stream this. Yeah, stuff. I, I'd be interested if they do. They've all. This has always seemed like in years past that kind of uh, secret. Yeah, thing, super secret, you know, keep it yeah. safe kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it says here that cell phones, cameras, and all recording devices will be checked for this particular presentation. Sure. Which makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, so on Saturday, July 15th, there's going to be a panel called The Power of the Princess. And this is where Walt Disney Animation... Oh, I can't talk. Animation Studios is going to invite you to The Power of the Princess featuring Jody Benson, who is Ariel, Ming-Na Wen, who is Mulan, and Anika Noni-Rose, Tiana, and Alihi Cravalho, who is Moana. And they are going to talk about bringing their iconic characters to life. And then creating the worlds in Pixar's universe is on Saturday as well. So all about Pixar stuff. So that's cool. There's going to be a sneak peek of the new show's Frozen short film, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. And let's see. There's going to be a panel dedicated on Sunday to Bambi's 75th anniversary. Oh, wow. It's very, very cool. I really wish that I could go to D23. Greg and I have actually talked about it, and I think that whenever the next D23 is, we are going, like, hands down. Don't they do those on. every two years? Isn't that kind of their... It has been, so we'll see. We'll see, but I I am going to the next one. Strangely conspicuous by its absence from any of the schedule that you had there is a is, is anything Star Wars-centric outside of the uh, the park situation. Well, I pulled up some stuff that wasn't necessarily focused on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there are any Star Wars-focused panels sure. or not. Uh, I can reach out to some friends, and if I find that information, I'll put it on our Twitter. Well, the reason but, I bring that up is because, you know, we had the uh, the teaser at Celebration, and it's been a couple of months, and we're, we're now, you know, less than six months out from, from the release of uh, Episode 8. And I think the the whole idea of um, a lot of people were looking for maybe a full trailer for D23. They may be saving Star Wars for Comic-Con, though, later in the month. They really could be. I would not be surprised if that was the case. So I'm doing a little Google search mm -hmm. here. Well, you know, a while back they did, they what was it? There was no Marvel Studios presence at Comic-Con, and they did it all at D23. Um, and so we kind of felt like we, like I was part of this big discussion. I'm kind of of the mind. I thought they would kind of do the same thing with Star Wars, but they haven't thus far. So, um, okay. Well, hang on. So I just, I found a, an article from April 26th on IGN mm -hmm. and let's see. Bob Iger will kick off the event at 10 a.m. Pacific time on July 14th with the Legends Awards ceremony, which is always very cool. And getting awards this year are going to be Stan Lee, Oprah Winfrey, and Oprah Winfrey. There you go. Oprah Winfrey and Carrie Fisher. She'll be riding a wolf. Oprah, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey will. <laughs> Let's see. On July 15th at 10.30 p.m. a.m. Pacific Time, Disney, Lucasfilm, and Marvel will showcase their slate of upcoming films. Though Disney didn't provide a list of movies that will be at the panel, likely possibilities include The Last Jedi, Thor Ragnarok, and more to be shown in some capacity. Because mm -hmm. at 2015's D23, they showed Force Awakens and Doctor Strange. Yes, that's right. They did the, And that's where the, uh, the poster 
that that Drew Struzan Force Awakens poster came from was mm-hmm. D23. That's right. So that so far that's all I'm finding. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see. And you can I've, and I I'm gonna plug Skywalking Through Neverland here because they're gonna be there. So if you follow at Skywalking Pod on Twitter and Instagram, you're gonna be able to get all of the stuff because they're gonna have they'll be everywhere. And they they get they wait in line and get first row seats and all kinds of stuff. So. I don't yeah. know where they get the energy. I don't know either. <laughs> so moving on from park stuff, Beauty and the Beast is now out on Blu-ray. It came out this week mm. as we record. So make sure you go and get that before it disappears. You know, we'll put it in the vault if you're not careful. We like to do that around here. We Things kind of, you know, they sit out there and then I'm like, mm, in the vault with you. I'm going to put I'm going to put you in here. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> But I don't know if the vault is also used for live action. I'm going to put you in here in the vault right over there with the other live action movies like The Peanut Butter Solution and (laughs) Son of Flubber. Flubber. That's one of those that will never go in the vault because they just want it to make more money. (laughs) What's what's that? You don't want to sit next to Swiss Family Robinson? Sorry. I think I said it already, but Cars 3 comes out next Friday, which is June 16th, and I am stoked. Steve, I've been doing this thing because you told me about it. What, what are you doing that I told you about? You told me that I could connect my Regal Crown Club mm-hmm. to my movie rewards. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I did. And there has been a thing this summer that if you see Guardians, Pirates, and Cars, you get, like, crazy bonus points. Look at you. And so I've seen Guardians, I've seen Pirates, and I'm going to see Cars, and then it's going to be like, cha-ching. Then Merry Christmas, everybody. Here's some collector's cups from Regal Cinemas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here's Here's a mummy. Here's a Tom Cruise and the Mummy cup from. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. From Regal Cinemas. I'm not seeing it. It only Sorry, cost no. me 10,000 points. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm really excited. I hope you guys go see Cars 3. And there's a reason I'm pushing it super hard. We are so close to being at Pixar with this show. We are so close. Like, I can almost taste it. It tastes almost. like plastic and pizza from pizza planet yeah and i've had pizza from pizza planet at hollywood studios me too it's all right that's fine all right that's That's fine fine. now speaking of cars 3 steve this isn't all caps for a reason okay i can't find it's gonna be a little explicit i can't find a damn cruise whoa single packaged car whoa anywhere at toy stores whoa I'm conv- they had to have made one. She's one of the new characters from Cars 3. There's a Jackson Storm. There's all these random cars with random names, but there's not a single package Cruz Ramirez. She's like the one who gets stuck in the beach. She's like training Lightning McQueen. Why can't I have a single packaged Cruz Ramirez? Let, let me ask you something, because when I watch those, those trailers, it doesn't look like... Um, that she's training him. It looks like she's more of like a publicity person. No, she's training him. She takes him to her training facility. Like, she's teaching him all of the new ways. Because Lightning is now like Doc. 
Hudson. Right. You know, like he's he's. So he's she's not so much races. training. She's not so much training him as trying to get him into the modern day racing. Right. She's trying to modern day training, right. you know, to how to get ready, him. how to beat Jackson Storm. Mm -hmm. Basically, Lightning needs to man up and get with the times, old man, and learn how to be a modern racer. Hmm. Because they're trying to get him to retire so that because every race he loses, his value is going down. Right. And so they're trying to get him to retire so he gets all these endorsements and stuff. So that way he can make a ton more money than what he's making now. But we know from watching first cars that Lightning doesn't care about that. What he cares about is the racing. I don't. You know what? I got to be honest. I don't think I've watched Cars in years. Ah! And I haven't. And I've never watched Cars too. And I just threw something at my computer. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. Oh my god! I, I mean, can't I guess it is. I'm the only person so that we can talk it. about Cars. Like I have. Oh my gosh! I have been holding back my passion for Cars. So, like, how passionate I seem right now, this is, like, only a little tiny piece it's of It's just my a taste. This is just a taste, ladies and gentlemen. And like, the, the Cars episode is going to be ridiculous. The first taste is free. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so anyway, so Cars 3 is coming, and I can't find a Cruiser Mirrors by itself. Uh, are you sure they have one that's by itself? Well, they who, made everybody else. Who does old Cruise come packaged with? She's, like, in a package at Target with, like, five other cars. Well, see, okay, Target's done the same thing with Hot Wheels stuff, though. I know, but I just want a cruise with Mary. I understand, but, like, they'll put one exclusive car in there, and it'll be that for a little while, and then it'll be, like, ten waves down the road. There's, oh, there's this. There it is. I don't is. know how to find out. I don't either. I'm sorry. I just want a cruise with Mary, so if anybody sees one... <laughs> Message me on Twitter. And I'll pay you for it. All right. They're three ninety nine. Come on, guys. Spare. <laughs> spare buck. Help me out. I'm gonna cry. Can someone spare a buck or two? All right. So Moana is gonna be on Netflix this month. So if you haven't seen it yet, you have no excuse now because Moana is gonna be on Netflix this month. And then the last thing we have, we got a first look at the new. Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns in Entertainment Weekly. And you remember how I was all like, no, I'm not going to watch this. This is garbage, blah, blah, blah. It yes. Looks good. Oh, really? The pictures look really so good. So you're changing your tune. I'm, I'm. My fingers are crossed that it's just a good, entertaining movie. I'm not expecting it to be Mary Poppins like before. Just, you know, just good. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a sequel, right? Right, it's a sequel. I'm not expecting it to to replace it. I'm just, I just want it to be just as good. Sure. So. Well, you know, there's no guarantees in life. I know. So here's what we knew. This new movie is set in the mid-1930s London, 25 years after Mary Poppins first used her enchanting charm to help an aloof father. How many years? 25 years. So are you telling me that that Mary Poppins took place in the teens? Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. I would have thought it was like in the 20s or 30s. Mm-mm. Hmm. So, this time around, grown-up Michael 
is living with a family of his own at number 17 Cherry Tree Lane, but they've been devastated by money woes and the loss of their matriarch. That is, until Mary Poppins arrives to lift their spirits as only she can. Well, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, if I, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. If I remember my Mary Poppins lore. So that's the story. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm, my fingers are crossed that it's going to be good. Because it looks, the images look good. You so. know, here's here's the thing, though, and, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, look, haven't seen it yet. Of course, I haven't seen it yet. No one has. But um, you got, when you get into these things of, of they're grown up now, it gets tricky. Because they can go way too far in one direction, you know, where it's like grown-ups are so bad and so fuddy-duddy. And I guess we are when it really comes down to it. But it also, I don't know, like you take Hook. Hook was a little dark. Hook was dark, and I liked it, Billy. Yeah, I know, but, uh, you know, don't sacrifice my whimsy for your darkness. Hook, 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 Hook. Rufio. Rufio. Figured you'd like, you'd get into that. <laughs> so what else we got in the old Disney watch? Anything else? That's we we kind of jumped are, around. We are done. We're done. All right, everyone. We'll tune in next time. Oh, wait. No, we've got to get to uh we got to get to that silly willy nilly willy old bear. I don't really know the order of those words. So, let's talk about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> See, you're going to be rather feisty today. I am known for my inspiring rhetoric. Blackity blue! A simple hello would do. Thank you very much. Robin. I walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. We will have a contest to find a new tale for Well, the thing to do is issue a reward on tight. to the... I beg your pardon? You sneezed. No, I didn't. The word is issue, not at you. You must be catching a cold. I'll probably catch it too. Perhaps I could borrow some honey. Oh, just a taste. Oh, 
A small lick, I should think. <laughs> Silly old bear. We love Winnie the Pooh. No ifs, ands, or buts. And this outing for Pooh and Friends does not disappoint. Except it's so short. Basically, Pooh is hungry, and nobody cares. Welcome to my world, little bear. Eeyore's tail is gone, the Baxen has taken Christopher Robin, and Pooh is hungry. Cute songs, classic characters, and an Indiana Jones reference makes this 2011 outing worth your time and your heart. Also, it dawns on me that Toy Story ripped off Winnie the Pooh. This is Winnie the Pooh, and here's Teresa with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo facade was stripped away to reveal a minimalist Rococo design. All right, so this is Disney's 51st animated film. Woohoo! Way to go, Disney. And it was released in the UK first, actually. It was released on April 15th, 2011, and then in the United States on July 15th, 2011. Which makes sense that they would release it in the UK first, I think. Um. <clears throat> we'll get there we'll just talk about it in a minute go ahead <laughs> alright so in 2009 John Lasseter and his team Steven Anderson and Don Hall who would be the directors for this film wanted to find a way to make Pooh Bear and his gang culturally relevant so they took a trip to Ashdown Forest in Sussex Southeast England to explore the location of the original A.A. A. Milne stories they enlisted Bernie Mattinson, a Disney veteran who worked as the key animator on Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, to serve as the lead storyboard artist for the film, and thus the production of Winnie the Pooh began. All right, stop. Hmm. I have two things. Okay. Number one, I didn't know that there was a time when Winnie the Pooh was not culturally relevant. Well, you and me both. Number two... I thought A.A. A. Milne was Canadian. <laughs> so I was really confused as to Christopher Robin's very heavy English accent in this in this story. And I'm just like, wow, why did they British him up? A.A. A. Milne was Canadian. And now I'm learning, no, he's not. So see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we have Teresa. You didn't, we talked about it being British the last time, didn't we? Teresa, I can't be responsible to remember conversations I've had. What was that, 10 years ago? <laughs> Feels like it. Okay, so originally, this film was supposed to feature five stories from the A.A. A. Milne books, but the final version ended up drawing inspiration from only three stories instead. Mm-hmm. So they, they just narrowed it down. Gotta the tell film... you, gotta tell you, could have used those other two stories. Well, you know what? I watched the deleted scenes on my Blu-ray, mm -hmm. and they mentioned that they felt like it was getting too repetitive or that it was too much like the original Pooh Bear movie, mm -hmm. and there was too many callbacks that it just would have almost felt like they were just trying to redo it. Okay. So they didn't. So they cut some stuff. 
So the film was first released on DVD only, <laughs> only, on August 22nd, 2011. In VHS is dead, everybody. It is, it is dead. It's been dead for a bit. It's been dead. But I'm talking not Blu-ray. It was released on DVD only on August 22nd, 2011, oh. and this was in the UK, where it does not fall under the numbered animated classic branding. Oh. But in the US, it was released as number 51 in the animated classics range now, on Blu-ray. Can... Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's how... that region crap. Yeah, but it's Disney. Disney is a global... What, what? We're not going to uh, number this movie here in the U United Kingdom. That's not... No. Not at all. Negative. I don't know why. It's just branding, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything. Maybe I can ask somebody from the UK. In the US, it was released as number 51 on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on October 25th. 2011 now here is the problem that this movie ran into and it's a big one it's a big problem my it's mind is now blown by the way just by looking Why? at this at... go ahead okay it opened the same weekend as harry potter and the deathly hallows part two i thought Bye, that movie Winnie the Pooh. i thought Bye. harry potter's i thought harry potter's deathly hallows came out like two years ago like it's this been, is it's been years to you i know and that blows my mind that lets me know how fast time has moved and how old i really am what's it 2017 now it's 2017 so, six years ago yeah now Jeez. did did harry potter and the deathly hallows not come out at christmas time not this not part two it was a summer movie yes because they released it, it was like 2016 and 2017. Mm -hmm. They were released; they weren't released that far apart from each other. Right? They they filmed them at the same time, did they not? Yes. Pulled an old Back to the Future two and three on us. So because of that, that sort of really hurt audience goers. So its opening weekend, it only made 7.8 million dollars. Wow. Worldwide gross by the time of its end run, it only made 44.6 million dollars. What? So it's. What were they thinking? I don't know. <laughs> why would you put it up against the end of the Harry Potter franchise? Like, why? The culmination of Harry and Voldemort and the Elder Wand. I mean, come on. Let's name some end of franchises that Winnie the Pooh could have beaten in the opening weekend: Hunger Games, Twilight. Probably not Hunger Games. I think it could have. No, probably not Hunger Games. But Twilight, yeah. But not uh, not Harry Potter, not the Juggernaut that is the Potterverse. No, no way, no way. Ugh, just blows my mind. I don't know why they would do that. Anyway, so it was considered a box office flop because its budget was thirty million dollars. Yeah, but they could show it so many times in a day. It was only an hour long. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was an hour long. I know. I know. Like it was as long as something you would sit down to watch on a on a Tuesday night. I know. It wow. didn't take me that long to watch it. No, it today. took you an hour, I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you exactly how long it took you. It took you an hour and like thirty seconds if you watch through the credits. I did. Yeah, me too. Because I like watching all the little animations yeah. in the credits. Like when Eeyore's hanging off the letters. Yes. Like upside down. 
Bless his heart. Uh, for Eeyore. I think Eeyore may be one of my spirit animals. He was even more super sad during this one. Well, he lost his tail completely. And nobody seemed to care. Like, they cared, but then they didn't. Well, they cared when it was a contest. Yeah, they cared when it was a contest, but not until, like, once the Baxin was, like, a thing. Well, cared. look, you got to prioritize. And then ti- and Tiger. Tiger turned him into a freaking striped donkey. And st- stuck a spring in his butt. Yeah, but it was so sweet when he told Tigger that, you know, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is you're the only one. Like, he knew how to get out of it. He's like, <laughs> Tigger's like, I thought you wanted to be a Tigger. Well, the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is you're the only one. And Tig- uh, playing, on, playing on his weakness there. Exactly. Nice. His old nice. pride. Is it time? Yes. Fun facts. All right, so executive producer John Lasseter had also announced when they were announcing that this movie was coming out that Rabbit's friends and relatives would be in the film, but their scene was cut. By the way, Rabbit uh, sounded much more masculine in this film than traditional Dude, Rabbit does. yes! Oh, I was going to say that. I agree. But I think Rabbit's a girl. No, Rabbit's a dude. and that's Wait, is Piglet's a girl? No. What? I thought Just Kang and Rue are the only girls, right? Rue's not a girl. Is Rue a boy? Rue's a boy. Oh. I don't know what they are. They're gender neutral. <laughs> I don't, come on. Don't don't bring that to this podcast. <laughs> no, but I no, I remember um back in the day watching the original Winnie the Pooh as a child and thinking, Wow, Rabbit's a really mean lady and then they kept referring to Rabbit as he and I'm like, What? Hold on. So yeah, he's a him. Yeah, okay. Well, sure. I think it's all guys then, except for Kanga. She's like Smurfette, if that's the case. Hmm. Let's know? not get into all that. Um, Go ahead. All right, so although Winnie the Pooh did not do as well as hoped, it opened against the last film of the Harry Potter series. It was while working on this particular film that Disney executives started to really notice the Lopezes. Do you know who the Lopezes are? Uh, Jennifer and her cousin... Um... Jaquana? No. Okay. No, no, no. Kristen Anderson Lopez and her husband are the, and Robert Lopez, are the musicians that brought us Frozen. Oh. They are also, they got their start doing Finding Nemo stuff for the Disney parks. And then, and working with Pixar, and then they got picked up to do this movie, and they did seven songs in this movie. So here's what happened. The Disney executives noticed they had an instinct for storytelling with music, similar to the Sherman Brothers. So in turn, they didn't have to audition for their next Disney project. Instead, Disney pitched Frozen to them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty cool all right this is only the third time there has ever been a sequel to a previous canon film and then the sequel was included in the canon also what are the other two don't read um well the tigger movie is not in canon right Mm -mm. okay uh i'm gonna say the rescuers down under yep because i read and I would have never guessed this other one in a million years. 
sequel? Fantasia 2000. Yeah, but I would have never guessed it. Like, it would have never crossed my mind to say that. Yeah, so Rescuers Down Under and Fantasia 2000 are the only official numbered in canon sequels that are also numbered. You know what I mean? Right. I'm with you. Okay, so unlike previous appearances where Christopher Robin's eyes were little black dots, mm-hmm. similar to Pooh Bear, Tigger, everybody else. His eyes were now white like the other characters mm-hmm. in this movie. Pretty cool. This is the last film with hand-drawn main characters. Well, and here you go. This is where you know, we did this whole spiel on 2D animation with the princess mm-hmm. and the frog, and I'm like, wait a minute. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Here we go. And of course... When you have a $7.8 million opening weekend and only make $44.6 million worldwide, you're going to be like, yeah, this is dead. That's how studios always interpret this stuff. Yeah, hand-drawn animation is dead. Yeah, so then we shifted. And what a shift it was. Computer movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is like when you've asked me questions before. Oh, no, and I, I don't was, know if I'm that was... That was an ex- No, that was an exclamation and what a shift it was. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa, you. your final fun fact here, I have a hard time believing. So this is so Al and Christopher Robin in this movie make their first appearance in 7 years after having been absent from the franchise in for 7 years. Are you so, are you telling me that there were 7 years since 2004? Anything Pooh-related had no Owl. Right. And had no Christopher Robin. Right. Because they mostly took place in the Hundred Acre Wood without Christopher Robin. It's like stories that are just going on between the characters. Right. And Owl wasn't included in it. Just like they kind of like removed Gopher. Like you never see Gopher. Which, hey, don't even get me started on that. I love Gopher. He's like the best. Why would why would you ever trade Gopher for a red balloon, especially when you've got him falling into a pit? I know. Well, at least they didn't give you like a thousand red balloons or whatever that song is. 99 left balloons. 99 red mm-hmm. balloons. <laughs> I believe it's left balloons is the actual. Oh, is it? Turn of phrase, yeah. I don't know what a left balloon is. Oh, I Maybe, thought it was red balloons. It may be related to the heffalump. And the woozles? Mm-hmm. So, very confusing. So this movie, yes, is really short. Oh my gosh, it's so short! But it makes it for an easy watch, though. Yeah, because it's so short. I was a bit taken back by by just how different some of the voices were. Eeyore, Rabbit, Owl. So basically everybody that wasn't original, like Jim Cummings for Pooh Bear and Tigger. Exactly. Because all the other characters are new people. I I get that. But it's like, come on. We've had 200 years of how Eeyore sounds. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. I know it sounds like a complaint. I didn't mind Eeyore. (laughs) Eeyore I didn't mind. Piglet was okay. Christopher Robin was very British. Yes, that's what I said. And I don't remember him being as British. I mean, I knew he was British, unlike you. Well, I, I was going to say, was imagine my shock when I'm expecting a Canadian little boy, and here he... 
<laughs> Here he's bringing the British really hard. But Rabbit was real different. Yes. Yep. Al was fine. Al was a little. Um, he was pompous. He's well, supposed he to was, be pompous. Yeah, but he, because like, and because of Craig Ferguson's popularity. I immediately recognize him as Craig Ferguson, and he's a little too Scottish to be Owl. I wonder if there's clips so that people can hear. I wonder if All right. we okay. can find some on YouTube. Well, go like, ahead and discuss. Discuss? Mm -hmm. Discuss. Okay. Whatever you uh, want to, and I'll find some. Okay, so one of the things I really like about this particular movie is its big focus on the interaction of the characters and the book and like I feel like there's a whole lot more of the characters interacting with the actual words on the page mm -hmm. than in the other one like they use the letters to climb out of the pit right and, and in the original all he does is kind of dance across letters to kind of get things right going. or he kind of hangs on them mm -hmm. he'll like jump on them and stuff but like on this in this one they were like real into the letters yeah on the page which i like right. and i like john cleese as the narrator yes me too me too uh here we go well if it isn't pooh bear oh uh, hello owl splendid day to be up and about one's business quite huh? <laughs> oh i say are you stuck no, no. So there you go. That's no. Well, that's the original. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's the original. Oh, okay. And um, I thought this is a guessing game. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't playing the guessing game. And this is um, this is the cold. Well, the thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward to the. <laughs> Thank you, Just as you were going to tell me what the first thing to do was. I didn't sneeze. Oh, you did, Owl. No, I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed. <laughs> as I was saying, first, issue a reward. He's doing it again. You must be catching a cold. I'll probably catch it too. No, no, no! I'm not catching a cold. The word is issue, not at you. And at you isn't even a word. It's just a sort of sneezy sound, like a chew. Perhaps you should lie down a <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, Craig Ferguson did a great job. But it just, it was a little bit jarring. <laughs> That's a great bit, by the way. That is a really great bit. So funny. Gesundheit. <laughs> the timing is perfect on that. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Oh, my gosh. The time... It's like one of the best parts of the <laughs> The timing is fantastic uh, on that clip. Oh, my goodness. Um... <clears throat> Okay, can you find one with rabbit? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, man, that was that's just great. And there's just, you know what? Jim Cummings did such a great job with Pooh Bear in this one because the delivery of some of his lines that are so simplistic and just make they they define Pooh Bear and like his just simpleness. Right. Well, and not only that, but like I say, the timing of um. 
of everything in that bit was just perfect comedic timing. Cool was not the sort to give up easily. When he put his mind to honey, he stuck to it. Now, honey rhymes with bunny, and bunny rhymes with, uh... Rabbit? Yeah, and I like rabbit, because he uses short, easy See, words he, like, he. how about lunch? And help yourself, Pooh. Pooh? Lunch? Oh, no, not again. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is anybody at home? What I said was, is anybody at home? No. Bother. Isn't there anybody here at all? <laughs> Nobody. Somebody. Because somebody must have said nobody. Rabbit, isn't that you? No. But isn't that the rabbit's voice? I don't think so. It isn't meant to be. Hello, rabbit. Oh, oh, hello, Pooh Bear. Uh, Pooh Bear. Uh so that was Rabbit uh, back in the day. Let me... Too late. This is not. Wait, hold on a second. And we will find Rabbit from 2011. Winnie the Pooh here. I apologize for the delay. Oh no! You know what? I do really like original rabbit. There might be something over by the That's path. Piglet. Oh, thank goodness one of us is up there. I was worried we'd be stuck here forever. Yeah, I found something. Here. See, I, I guess the I guess rabbit in the original is supposed to sound like old farmer man rabbit. Hmm. And mm -hmm. and this rabbit, who voiced this rabbit? Let me get back to our notes. Oh my lanta, I've lost. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. Wait. Are the, did I what I'm sorry go ahead I just I, I had to back I, I I don't usually I don't do this I didn't open a new tab to go to YouTube and find those clips yeah. um Tom Kenny now who is Tom Kenny that name sounds familiar I had the IMDB up let me see Tom Kenny oh Tom Kenny two first names <laughs> he is he's Spongebob Mm. That's how I knew his name. Yeah, SpongeBob. Someone in the chat, I guarantee, was yelling it. Yes, several. All right. Sorry. SpongeBob is rabbit. Daniel Lynn even said it. SpongeBob is rabbit. So, yeah, so some of the voices were a little jarring to me. But overall, I mean, that didn't take me out of the movie necessarily. Once I got used to it, I was used to it and I was, I was down to clown. Mm hmm. But yeah, but initially. Yes. It was kind of like, what? Well, the minute you hear Craig Ferguson speaking out of Owl, I'm like, oh, that's Craig Ferguson. And, of course, John Cleese is the narrator. You know, I noticed him right off the bat, but John Cleese can do no wrong. Now, one of the things I have to talk about, or, I mean, we're going to talk about the music, but is the opening Winnie the Pooh song. And Zoe Deschanel mm. is singing the new Pooh Bear music. That's right. And I just, oh, I adore it. I so well, much. I adore her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was I was her friend when uh when she was doing uh the first time I ever really knew who she was was from Elf. Yes. And I was her friend. It don't threw me off though, because she's actually not a blonde. No, yeah, that, that threw me off too when I saw her it was a brunette. But that's fine. Look, it's none of my business. Yeah, but one I had to put it together that it, they were the same person. Mm. Now, do you watch uh, 
And as this as this movie was opening, it really had a classic Disney movie feel because of kind of the the realism of the room and, and opening the door and everything. It felt like those old Disney movies where the book would be there and they were filming a book actually getting opened and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they uh, did all of like the original Pooh Bear stuff. Yes. Down they, to the map and everything. Yep. Yep. So I yeah, and Zoe anyhow, Zoe De Chanel, do you watch New Girl? I do watch yeah, New Girl. Yeah, what a great show. It is a really good show. I love that show. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry. You mm-hmm. get a classic Winston and CC mess around. Doing a classic CC and Winston mess around. What is that? What is that a classic CC and Winston mess around? Should, what is the game they play? The, um, the floor is lava. Presidents no, of the United States. Presidents of the United States. Yeah, the floor is lava. <laughs> so she sings three songs in the film. She sings the theme song. Mm-hmm. She sings a very important thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the original in credit song that she wrote called So Long, and it's performed with her bandmate from She and Him. She's in band. Right. It's called She and Him. Yes. And so every time I got to hear her sing, it was pretty much the best. But I found myself watching this. And I'm watching it, working on show notes at the same time. And I really haven't seen this one as many times as I've seen the other ones. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, I'm singing every song. <clears throat> and then I stopped and realized it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> How do I know this? Pretty much. What about the stomach growling sound effect? That was fun. I mean, come on. But it was it was a callback to the original because you remember how it used to he his tummy used to rumble and then it would like kind of make that putter sound. Yes, like, yeah. But this this sound, I mean like you could tell so here here we well here let's just do it like this. Well, we got an ad. So, and this video is going to play after the ad. I got to wait thirty seconds. Oh, oh my man. gosh! Come on, YouTube. This is ridiculous. YouTube. <laughs> Who's eating Chinese? <laughs> Who ordered Chinese? I love Schmidt. Schmidt. Um, but yeah, the the original sounded, you know, kind of like a classic cartoon kind of library Thank sound. Thank you. Yeah. Now, where was I? <laughs> oh yes, I'm rumbly <laughs> in my tumbling. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let me come let's come back now to my results and see um see if I can find this one because it's like it's like someone going rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> I actually think it's Robert Lopez. Oh, do you? Mhm. It's a very disturbing little growl. Here, does it growl during the tummy song? Wait, that's the wrong one. What's happening? What is going on? My Lanta. Everything's going crazy on your end over there. Yeah, it's like... That's how it goes. It goes... Yeah. It's like someone's going... Uh, that's true. Yeah. 
So that was it. Was a weirdly it gave me a weird feeling. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like I don't know that I like this. It it feels like his stomach's kind of coming on to him. <laughs> so let's talk about the story. Okay, so it starts off with them trying to find a new tale for Eeyore. Well, it starts off with Pooh being hungry, like every well, good Winnie the Pooh every, story does. Yes, he's hungry, and then he goes to try to find Honey at Eeyore's, and he like goes to Eeyore's back door. And he's like, is there honey over here? Is there honey over here? And Eeyore's just like, get away from me. Which, which, by the way, the back door of Eeyore's house is our sticks propped up against one another. Right. So he's just really going behind Eeyore looking for honey. Right. And he's like, you look different. Oh, bother. You look different. What's wrong with you? And he's like, you're missing your tail. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong. And he's like, there's something about your tail. Like, what about it? Yeah, he, he does the thing that Eeyore does where he just sticks his head on the ground and looks between his legs. Yeah. Well, that explains everything. It explains everything. I'll probably catch the cold, too. And so they start to have this competition to try to find the best tale yeah. for Eeyore. Yeah, let, I, you know what? I want to have a talk with young Christopher Robin. A contest to find the tale? I'm like... Come on, buddy. I, when it first said contest, like, we're going to have the contest to find the tale of, of Eeyore. That's and I'm, not even British. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like uh, a contest. And then I'm realizing, oh, they're just trying to find substitutes for his tale. Yeah, they're trying to find him a new tale. Spelled T-A-E-L. Right. I'm Christopher Robin and I can't spell... He's not the one who spelled it. It's Owl a, is. It's a rebellion. It, it. Owl spelled it. Yes, but Owl spelled... Listen, Christopher Robin does all the spelling. I mean, if you want to take away the magic. Because in reality, Christopher Robin is the one who's making all this up. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's the one... I'm not trying to take away the magic. I'm just saying... Hmm. Okay, so... To do this, they sing a song called The Very Important Thing to Do. Well, first, let's back up, because we should just play the songs as they go on the story. Oh. So the first one's the tummy song. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you... Okay, so you're we're ordering the tummy song now? Yeah. All right, first up, the tummy song. Go and on. so this is the song when, of course, Pooh wakes up and he's hungry. A Pooh Bear takes care of his tummy. He fills it with things that are sweet. A Pooh Bear takes care of his tummy by never forgetting to eat. When it is growly and glummy, the search for the honey is on. The Pooh has a knack for finding a snack unless all the honey is gone. I mean, let's talk about the tummy singing along with him there. <laughs> that kind of owned me just now. That, like, I was watching today, and I just—I guess I just kind of went on, you know, went on by it with no big deal. But this then, it just absolutely owned me. <laughs> oh bother! And so then, when they're trying to, they have a very important thing to do because they've got to find Eeyore a tail. They sing, Zoe Deschanel sings this song, which is a very important thing to do. Well, and by song, I mean 47 seconds worth. But Is that really how long it is? Yeah. Okay. Here you are, Pooh. 
Oh, and make sure everyone can see them. Oh, I will, Christopher. Um, come one, come two, come all. Everyone heed the call. There's a very important thing to do. Drop what you're doing and come. Bumpity bumpity bum. There's a very important thing to do. It's time to gather round. The work has just begun. And when it's done, then you'll have found that you have had some fun. With a monumentous, consequential, very important thing to do. Oh, Bob. <laughs> so cute. So then they're trying to find a tail, and mm -hmm. there's the winner song, which is the song that they sing to everybody as they are about to be rewarded with this pot of honey, which, of course, Pooh Bear wants. Because of course he's he does. Hungry. Of course he does. Let's see. Here we go. We're going through the whole Eeyore needs his tail thing. It's a rebellion, isn't it? Find Eeyore his tail. <laughs> I rebel. It's a rebellion, isn't it? It's Pooh. It's Pooh. Pooh wins the honey pot. Found a tail for his friend. Now it's on my rear end. You get the honey. <laughs> Enjoy. You get the honey. Enjoy. Um... By the way, I think it's worth mentioning that the same person who does the score, not the songs, but the score for this movie, is mm -hmm. the same person who scored uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Henry Jackman. That's pretty neat. All right. So then explain how we get the backs in. Well, uh, Al can't read. Uh, <laughs> um, of course, you know, Christopher Robin can't write, uh, but he's like, he leaves and he leaves a very cryptic note. <laughs> he's like, I'm gone, busy, back soon. And CR. CR, yeah. So Al's reading it and he pronounces back soon, back soon. And apparently there's a creature in the Hundred Acre Woods called a Baxon, and it's the most horrifying thing you've ever seen. I think he just made it up. And to, well, no, until you get to the end, the post-credit well, sequence. I saw that, but I don't think that's real. That... Teresa. I think it's all made up. No. Mm. I... Well, I guess this whole thing's made up. Okay, see, don't make me have to go down that road. No, he is real. The back, That's the whole joke, is the Baxon's real, and he's Huel, he's Huel Hauser. That's amazing. Well, look <laughs> at this. I found a new toy. I better pick all this stuff up so no one loses it. I've fallen into a pit. What? That's what happens at the end. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, look at this. I've fallen into a pit. Huel Hauser is... Um, I don't know if he's local to just California. He did a show that aired in California, like on California television, uh, called California Gold, where he was just going all over the state of California finding things. And he would just look at me like, that's amazing. And apparently John Lasseter loves Huell Hauser because there's so many 
either references to him. He's passed now. Uh, but there's so many references to him, or he does some voices here and there in a lot of what Laster did. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a connection that no one's ever really brought up is the Hulhauser Lasseter connection. Well, I know he passed away right after this, and this was like mm. one of his only film credits that he ever yeah. had. Well, but see, in some of the uh, credit sequences of uh, of, Pix- of some Pixar stuff, I believe there's some Hulhauser. Mm-hmm. Someone a sound alike doing some stuff hmm. in there. So then they get all afraid of the Baxin, mm-hmm. and Rabbit comes up with this plan to catch the Baxin, mm-hmm. and then they all end up in the pit that they that they that Piglet digs. Right, because Pooh, classic Pooh, gets his little buddy to uh, to to um, dig the dig the pit. Let's see here. Practically stamped. Its hide is like a shaggy rug. Its face a surly, ugly mug. With two sharp horns atop its head. Between a mop of hair that's red. And in its nose a ring of gold. It smells of monkey's feet and meld. Its toes are black. Its fur is blue. I swear that all I tell you is not made up. The Baxon. The Baxon. The Baxon. The Baxon. What does a Baxon do? What does a Baxon do? Hmm, what does a Baxon do? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and now I will tell you. They sneak into your library and scribble in all your books. The Baxon, the Baxon, we don't like the Baxon. When decorating your Christmas tree, they tangle up all the hooks. The Baxon, the Baxon, we're afraid of the Baxon. The, the rhyme scheme of some of these songs is funny to me because there are moments where there's just no rhyme scheme whatsoever. Yeah, I guess so. Where they just well, let... The, think about it. Well, and, well, no, I'm not... It's it's not a criticism. It's it's a thing that... And it just hit me. And so go, so go with me while I work this out vocally in my head out loud. Um, you ever hang out with a young kid and they decide they want to make up a song? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that I mean, like, I really think that's what's going on here. Maybe it's intentional because it is a little kid. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. This is my point. Hmm. And Owl is, as the smartest one of the crew, you know, he's going to be as smart as Christopher Robin is. Right. So he is going to be the one to tell them what a Baxon is, is is it's in Christopher Robin's imagination and he is going to be the one who um, who is able to spell the things out and to draw the things and to come up with the things and everything but I, but the line is just like and I tell you I'm not making this up I'm like that doesn't rhyme with anything you just said <laughs> well it, there's more non-rhyming in the uh the honey everything is honey song and also in everything is honey this is where Pooh Bear has a hallucination because he's so hungry he bites a honey Pooh Bear's head off <laughs> I was like whoa yeah it gets dark there for a minute yep. yeah I love it though whenever you think everyone's talking about honey and or they're saying stuff and all the words get replaced for honey and then it's just honey 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 like no honey honey 
Kind of my life's motto eat and eat and then repeat eat and eat and then repeat <laughs> bless him having his little honey having his pink elephants on parade moment with honey yep it was that is a very good comparison mm -hmm. really really good so i mean overall there's a there's like a couple more songs but those are the big ones i think yeah i mean there's the tigger song that he sings which is it's gonna be great but Tigger's interesting in this one. Do you think? Uh, do you think Tigger's role wasn't really big because? Well, I guess it was ten years before this. There was a Tigger movie, so never mind. That's stupid, Steve. I don't know. Maybe it was because you have Jim Cummings doing two voices, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of work for his voice to do both of those. Maybe. Yeah, but so I they don't, minimized one or the other. I don't know. I mean, I I think it just has to do with having all these characters in there and. And it's hard to make sure everyone has a moment to shine. I mean, Kang and Rue are there, but they don't really do a lot either. Other yeah, they gave a lot of time to Rabbit yep. and Piglet and Eeyore and Owl. Right. Well, it's an Eeyore story. Mm -hmm. You know, he's at the center of it. The MacGuffin is his tail. And Piglet is Pooh's little best friend. So what about the Pooh baby group moment where he's just bringing all the wrong things? <laughs> Funny too. And then he's like, there's six of you? Yeah, and he cuts the rope into six pieces. <laughs> and they're like, can you tie a knot? I cannot. Oh, you can knot? Great. No, I cannot knot. You can knot a knot? Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so funny. This kid has a great imagination. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to be honest, as I was watching it come on, I'm like, holy cow. Toy Story, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Nice to meet you. Christopher Robin is the uh, is the proto Andy. He's the British Andy. I'm, I'm a British Andy. I don't know who Andy is, but I like him. I bet I like him a lot because I like to play with other little boys who like to play with their toys. That's not British either. But then what is it? I can't do a British impersonation. But it's not British. It is British. No, but that wasn't British. Sure it was. It was a British little boy. I'm, it's a rebellion, isn't it? That's not, though. That's from Rogue One. Lies. It's a rebellion, isn't it? May the force be with you. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> That's from Princess Bride. Ah, <laughs> uh, Princess Bride. Mm. Slash Wonder Woman. What? Oh, she. That's, that's right. Show. Oh wow! What if I? Good night. I was sitting there thinking of Claire Underwood. Well, same thing. 
Right, but I'm talk just saying. Talk about range. Well, talk, talk about range. Talk about a career. Yeah, it's crazy. So, what is the last song that Zoe sings in Winnie the Pooh? Uh, it's the 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 very last one that she wrote. Yeah, what's it called? So long. So long. All right. Well, look, I like this movie. It was just so short. Yeah, it's so short. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's a Winnie the Pooh But movie. it's a good, it's really good story. Yeah. And, and there's some fun jokes. And there is a, when they're getting all the stuff set up for the uh, backs, and there is a quick Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where Piglet pulls, uh, I forget what he pulls off the stump, but he replaces it with something else. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's a whole uh, Raiders thing. And the, and the jokes are very modern-style jokes as far as the timing goes. Like the whole sneeze, like the whole cold bit, like Al's got a cold mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. There were other moments like that. The whole piglet situation with getting them out of the pit where Owl just flies up out of the pit and does something and then he jumps back down in there and they all look at him and they're like, Al. He's like, what? They're like, that is brilliant. You know, what he, whatever he said and suggested, like, that is brilliant. You did the right thing. And it's just like, none of them noticed that he flew up out of there to, to do the thing. <laughs> um, I know. I know. Oh, that was great. And so there's some great humor like that. And, um, you know, and, and honestly, even the end is sweet as Christopher Robin and Pooh are headed home and everything. But the real takeaway from this is what Pooh's willing to do for his friends. I oh, mean, like, right. He gives up eating. Yeah. When you realize that, you know, when he realizes that his friends are in need um, and, and he's about to sit down at Owl's house and have some honey and he realizes that's Eeyore's tail out there. He just yeah. Says, he's looking at it for a long time, like mm-hmm. what? Think this think, is familiar think. to me. I should know this. I don't know what. Is... Oh, it's his tail. Oh bother! And he says it, and he's like, maybe some other time. Yeah. To eat. Yep. And uh, and then they give him a giant pot of honey. Yep. So I yeah, that's that's the thing is that's the, and and there's a great little message about friendship there. And, and how close these are, but there's not the super sentimental. Oh, and I guess there wasn't in the classic Winnie the Pooh either, you know. But all the really sentimental stuff comes from the books and the writing and stuff that will just mm-hmm. cause you to cry like a baby mm-hmm. when you when you read it. But yeah, this was fun. So what's next? What's next for us is the 52nd animated film, Wreck It Ralph. Now, are we sure? We are. I checked this because time. yeah, because last time you made that call and last time I got so excited that it was going to be Frozen, <laughs> and then I completely forgot that there's this one and Wreck It Ralph, yep. and I was corrected as our listeners like to do, mm-hmm. which is totally fine, because I sat there for a second and I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> so it is Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph, which will jerk a tear, by the way. Mm-hmm. So. Looking forward to that. Wreck-It Ralph's going to be fun. No, I can't wait for Wreck-It Ralph. And we've still got to get with Sarah. We, we know we've missed Meet the Robinsons, but we're going to get with Sarah and make sure we can get that done. And uh, we're just plugging ahead until we swing back around to that one. So um, there's a lot coming up and a lot going on. And uh, some other stuff I haven't mentioned about some things coming down the road in the Goliverse because I hadn't talked to everyone else about it. But there's some neat stuff going to be happening. And, uh, and so keep your eyes peeled for some announcements and that sort of thing. Teresa, until our next episode, how can people get in touch with us? 
You can send us an email to vaulttalk at gmail.com. We didn't read any on this show because the show is, we haven't had a show in a couple months, so we just wanted to kind of hang out and talk. But we will read them next time, so send us an email, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talk. You can find us in the Goliverse Facebook group, which is Guardians of the Goliverse. So just look for it on Facebook. Look for Guardians of the Goliverse. Request to join, and we will let you in. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Disney Vault Talk. We are on, uh, that's the show. And then I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the Goliverse at Goliverse. G-O-L-I-V-E-R-S-E. And you can find the Facebook group I just talked about if you go to geekoutonline.com slash group. There you go. Uh, if you want to support this show and all the other shows, we've got Amazon links. Think geek links for you crafty people. There's a fabric.com link all at geekoutonline.com. Use those links before you do your shopping. It'll help us out in a big, bad way. Entertainment Earth is there as well. Uh, if you want to support the shows directly, patreon.com slash geekoutloud is the place to do that. And we appreciate all of our patrons. We appreciate everyone who helps support the Goliverse in all of these different ways. And we appreciate you listening. We're live when we do these things at Mixer.com slash Goliverse and would love to have you come be part of what we're doing when we're live um, because it's fun. Then there's a great group of people to hang out in the chat. And we appreciate everyone who's done that on this particular episode. So until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. May all your days be magical. And may all your wishes come true. We'll see you next time. I got to tell you, I know normally we just do different songs and stuff to kind of sign out, but I think that should have been our permanent sign out song all along.